All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. Uh, we've been back weekly to talk a little bit of Michigan football and uh, returning regular guest Dan. How are you, sir? Uh, great, man. Uh, I'm glad to be back, but uh, not glad or not happy about what we see on Saturdays. But... Yeah, 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 I mean, you know, tr- truthfully, when we, when we started talking about this weeks ago and we, we were talking about doing a weekly pod for this yeah. for this season, I, I honestly thought it would be more eventful than what it's being. <laughs> um, you know, I, we, we, had, we had talked pre- before the season that I think both of us probably thought we were looking at two wins. I think you were maybe in the vicinity of three or, I'm sorry, two losses. I think you were maybe in the vicinity of a three or maybe even four losses. I couldn't envision four losses. I thought that was crazy talk, but uh, here we are sitting at one and three, <laughs> and uh, it just seems like we're light years away from a second win. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Let's let's get to the Wisconsin game first off. This this got ugly really quick. Uh, you know, it they opened up with a twenty-eight zero lead at the at the half, which was the <laughs> Largest halftime deficit at Michigan Stadium since like 1927 or whatever the hell the, the stat was. But Milton throws two early picks and it, it ends up being the uh, a huge difference maker in this game. What did what did you think initially in the first half? Well, that we were screwed because um, yeah. at halftime it's 28-0, and the, the I mean it was all over Twitter. It was all over the the play by play and the commentary. The team did not look energized at all. Um, obviously, you were already missing Aiden Hutchinson, and you were missing um, who the hell else you're missing. It was Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay was out. And so you got your arguably your two most talented guys on defense out. Yeah. So you know it's going to be a tough task. So at halftime, twenty eight nothing. You're like, man, this team is is playing with zero energy, and it really wasn't until like the beginning of the fourth quarter where you saw some emotion. And so at halftime, it just wasn't looking pretty. And I felt like I, I, I felt like it's not twenty-eight to three, and you ain't got Tom Brady on the other side of the field. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a lost cause. But yeah, it was, man, it was. I want to say I was, I guess I was shocked, but it was uh, just hard to comprehend. Yeah, it was definitely a tough pill to swallow. I mean. It wasn't shocking, shockingly, you know, at this point, you know, sitting at one and two coming into this game and, uh, you know, when they go up 14-0, I'm like, ah, I mean, we we played pretty bad. And then they go up 28-0, I'm like, that's that's the night. This game's over, you know. And uh, for me personally, unless I have something that requires my attention to be elsewhere, whether it's, uh, you know, a Saturday birthday party or whether it's – Saturday cookout, you know, in the fall or, you know, a bonfire some friends are having. I've always been the kind that finishes the game. I watch the whole game, mm. you know, uh, whether it's a blowout our side or, or other side. You know, I, I've i watched uh, I've watched these Ohio State games come down to the absolute wire when they're just drumming us. Uh, you know, I back in the Rich Rod era, I was watching games when we're, when we're losing by 20-plus points in the fourth quarter and – I've watched my fair share of Rutgers games and we're up 50 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So it's like, mm-hmm. I typically don't turn the game off, you know, unless something requires my attention. I, I really don't. And in this third quarter, I had seen enough. I, I had seen enough and I, I turned it off. And uh, you had texted me that, you know, 
McNamara, right? Did I get that yep. right? Yeah, yeah. C- comes out and goes three of three, 74 yards and uh, a touchdown pretty effortlessly. And then after that, he proceeds to go one of four, I believe, right? Yeah, one of four. Yeah, yeah. What did you What did you see from him? Because I, I did not watch it live. What did you think that uh, when he came in, and what what did he present? Well, I think it's a, it was part of uh, it's kind of like a stroke of luck because I mean, he goes in there. He's probably I mean I'm not trying to be a mind reader here, but he going in there obviously wants to to do well. And, you know, his three passes in a row, he hit, I, I can't even remember, you know, what, like how it transpired from now because it, it seems so many days ago. But, you know, he hit bang, 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 and then they're in the end zone touchdown, and it was three straight completions. And you're like, wow, okay. And the first one, I believe, was over the middle pass, and it was either to Ronnie Bell or Eric Hall. Don't quote me. I can't remember exactly who the, who the first target was to. But he hits that first pass, and you're like, okay, interesting. Then he hits the second one. You're like, it was like down the sideline. I'm like, okay, now you got my attention. And then he throws a touchdown. And I'm like, all right, that looked good. And then, you know, of course, Michigan Twitter and the the, pan, the fan pages are going like, I told you we should have started McNamara. And to me, the the 2010 2011 me would be like, yeah, you know, yeah, McNamara. But I'm like, now the 2020 me, and I'm like, okay, just sit back, just relax. Let's see the second series, okay? Because Wisconsin has like zero tape on McNamara, and it was three bang bang plays. Like, let's just come to the ground level here, just relax. And uh, like you said, he 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 finished out the rest of the game like pretty uh, uneventful. But uh, again, I I feel like maybe going in this Rutgers game. I mean, you could probably give McNamara the start. You're one and three, unfortunately, and Joe Milton is thrown four interceptions the last two games. So, I mean, what do you have to lose? Uh, but at that point in the game, I'm, it, it caught my attention. But, again, I'm not trying to, to jump on the, the bandwagon on Cade's side. I mean, of course, I hope he does well. But you just – I mean, that is just a, a sliver of, uh, of things to come. So, Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned – that potentially Eric All had caught that one over the over the middle. I'm going to correct you there. Eric All's terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, he did not catch that. He uh, he actually had two catches for one yard. Okay. Uh, you know my my biggest problem with Eric All and I. I Kirk Herbstreet had a, had a, a slight segment and it was during the game he was talking about Eric All. So you have had to have been listening and paying attention to to catch this. But he actually said that he talked to, to Jim Harbaugh about Eric All, and he says that Harbaugh so that Eric All has the opportunity to be the greatest tight end in the history of Michigan. He even might even it said history of college football. Like his thought process on Eric All is like through the roof. He he thinks yes, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because when I was I, you were watching the game live at that point, right? Yes, I was. And when I heard that, I'm like Eric All the best in school history. I'm like. I know Michigan's not like necessarily known for like being a tight end you, but I can name I don't know Tyler Ecker from the Lloyd Carr era who was more of a blocking guy that could catch or whatever. He's probably like, Tyler Ecker like with Lloyd Carr was kind of like what Jimmy Graham is now could catch a pass if you need to, but he's going to be there to open up the, the the off off the tackle. But to 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 go out and say something like that, like to hype someone up, I understand. You know, being positive, whatever. But I was, I was like, "What?" That raised my eyebrow when I heard that. Yeah, and, and truthfully, 
it came at a really bad time because mm-hmm. Eric All had just dropped another bat pass, which we've seen him drop. God, I don't have the count, but it's upwards mm-hmm. of five or six passes this year at this point. It's it's been mm-hmm. at least one a game. Um, the big one week, I think it was week one, he dropped a huge touchdown pass. Um, it was right in his hand and Brad, Brad basket and it was wide open. He drops it, but, um, you know, that's been one of my problems with this team too, is the fact that they keep continuing using Eric all and Nick Eubanks comes out and has uh, a solid effort, you know, two, two catches for 41 yards. I'm willing to bet that's probably just as much as Eric all has in the whole year. And we haven't probably. seen a lot of, we haven't seen a lot of Eubanks, you know, uh, I, I was actually is, pretty... is, is, is Nick Eubanks hurt? I don't understand no. why he, he's not getting the start. Because they feel like Eric All is this almighty. I, I'm, I'm just I'm lost because Nick Eubanks is a is a, a very good tight end and especially uh, somebody that you can look for on third down in a in a third Absolutely. and fourteen. He's been Absolutely. great in that. And in uh, before the game, actually, they caught a glimpse of it. He was the guy hyping up the team before they took the field. I mean, that's, that's your guy, and we, we're, we're using – and I'm not trying to just destroy Eric all here, but he, he's been mediocre this mm-hmm. year. For somebody that, that Kirk Herbstreit reported that Harbaugh thinks this guy is the next coming of Jesus, and we just haven't seen it. It's been frustrating. Uh, yeah, yeah, unless, unless, he's, unless he's a blue-chip All-American on, on the practice field, I don't, I don't see, the, uh, I don't see the, the hype. I mean – I don't want to tear down Eric all you got this weird thing with college football is like you're you're rooting for amateur athletes and these are college kids so you don't want to be too like I don't want to say mean but again yeah. like he has is he's not he's not shown anything to me and uh and Nick Eubanks who is a senior like I don't just I don't know how do you, how what is what is Eric all giving you in practice that's dethroning Nick Eubanks of that starting spot and yeah. whether they're on the field at the same time in certain sets or whatever I feel like Nick Eubanks you could yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good target. Yeah. I I was under the impression that Nick Eubanks had NFL potential after this season, and I feel yeah. like we are we are just we're slowly taking that draft stock away, which we've done to a lot of Wolverines over the last couple of years, especially in the receiving aspect of things. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest aspect of this game was Wisconsin ran it 51 times for 341 yards, uh, five touchdowns. They ran it at six. 6.7 yards a carry. Uh, this was the first team to actually beat us with what they do best and not what we do worst. Yep. Um, they only threw it 22 times. So you could actually argue, and they threw it almost 50, just over 50%. You could actually argue that Michigan's secondary actually played good in this game. You could mm-hmm. argue that. Yep. Um, but Joe Milton obviously was, was really bad. So just another game where we can't put a collective effort together and, um, I'm going to complain a little bit here, but Hassan, and I understand we went down 28-0, but Hassan Haskins gets one carry. Again, we touched on this last week, the, the this very strange uh, running back by committee that Harbaugh and Gaddis or, you know, whoever's making this final call rolling out there, it uh, seems like they try to, to, to rely on Quorum a little bit more, probably. Which I'm okay with, but he doesn't seem to be able to go between the tackles. No. It seems and... like he's an off-tackle back. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I mean, they were playing down a lot. So obviously these numbers are particularly convincing, but you know what? Uh, You could, (laughs) I think, I think you probably just take 
the three carries from Charbonnet away completely, give those to Haskins. I don't know. It, it's, it's very, it was a very strange uh, rotation again. Yeah, and the the crazy thing, and this is literally bizarre, but uh, they only ran 40, 45 plays. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to, to Wisconsin's 70. They ran like 73 or 74 plays. So, I mean, it just was not close. Well, the, the, the time of possession was 40 minutes to, to under 20. Yeah. That's that's not – that's awful. It is absolutely awful. And, you know, a lot of times when – what you'll see when in blowouts, a lot of times in blowouts is you'll see the, the team that wins doesn't win the time of possession because they're just scoring at will and the other team's on the field so much that they're actually unable to sustain drive. But in this case, it wasn't that. They just – because yeah. they ran it, they ran it so effectively and for for so many yards and at such a high clip. So, yeah, it's this is a it's a really disappointing game. Um, but let's try to be somewhat positive. Is there anybody that kind of stood out that you can say this player this player had a good game? You know, uh, this player. You know, good. I, I do I do ha- I do say that again. He's been burnt toast all season, but. Uh particularly probably or it could be his best game of the year is Vincent Gray. Uh, he had, he had two pass defense, you know, he swatted the ball twice, which I mean, it sounds kind of lame, but you know what, from where he's been this year, I thought that was pretty good. He wasn't really getting picked on a lot. It was a lot of Jermon green and uh, Brett Hawkins. Brett Hawkins is a veteran on this team. Uh, not necessarily getting a whole lot of starts in previous years, but, yeah. but Brandon Hawkins is supposed to be now kind of relied on because we don't have no Ambry Thomas after the opt out. Uh, so I felt like I felt like uh, Vincent Gray uh, improved a little bit. Uh, Daxon Hill racked up some tackles this week. He was yeah. kind of all over the field. Um, he's still getting kind of lost in coverage a couple times, but yeah, I have to go with Vincent Gray. I think he he not a stat stuffer, but he wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as a reliable or uh, liability this week. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with that. My uh, my pick though would would be, and I touched on it, Nick Eubanks. You know, for the mm-hmm. first time, he was actually a factor. Uh, he he caught a twenty eight yard pass that was huge. Uh, two catches for forty one yards. I, I'm gonna beat this, but this guy can get four catches a game. You got You got to get him in there. And it's nothing against Eric All, but until he proves that he can catch. Um, a more consistent pass that's he's not going to be my consistent target. I mean, I'm sorry, but the target's got to be shared around and, you know, Ronnie Bell's proved that he can catch the ball. Giles Jackson can prove that he can catch the ball. Um, even Cornelius Johnson, who doesn't really get anything in this game, but uh, he's been, when he's been in this year, year he's been uh, very good, but Nick Eubanks, I think he was the one bright spot. Hopefully maybe next week. Um, he gets something going. Is there anybody that you were just like, oof, rough outing? Uh, the bad, rough, the bad this week. Well, I had to. I don't. I hate to keep beating Eric All into the ground. Uh, I think Joe Milton is. I, I I feel like if if he gets the nod against Rutgers as as the uh, the first drive starter, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, he threw throws two picks this week. The or this past weekend, the first one. Kind of in tight coverage. Eric Hall yeah. catches yep. it off the shoulder pad, gets intercepted. But the yep. second one was straight to the linebacker. It was so 
It was so 2014 Devin Gardner. It was it was gift really, and that was and that was, that was and it was to the house. Yeah. Um. So uh, I I I think Joe Milton is definitely a huge factor in keeping the tide rolling in Wisconsin's favor because Joe Milton makes a couple of right decisions, they can strike back. But uh, Wisconsin, even though they run the the piss out of the ball, you get down to them. Uh, you're going to have a, a hell of a time uh, trying to make a comeback. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think uh, if I had to give um, the bad to anybody, I, I'd probably say Josh Gaddis. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to a play caller. I, I just – I haven't seen the play calling be what it needs to be since week one. And yep. I, I think we're starting to learn that Minnesota wasn't nearly as good as we thought they were clearly and Michigan was able to take advantage of that but on the flip end of, of things we got to call better games we got to get more um, consistent carries to our, our proven running backs whether that be Charbonnet whether that be Haskins whether that be Blake Corum you need you I'm sorry your leading carrier has seven carries that's Joe Milton okay for two yards a clip so 15 yards and then Blake gets seven carries for five yards you just Wow. Obviously, the offensive line hasn't been good. They're probably my ugly for this week. If I had, you know, just we're not getting offensive line play. I mean, the, the, the timing in the pocket, the 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 holes for the running backs to get through it has been bad. But ultimately, I think Josh Gaddis can help us out with what you're calling speed yeah. and space, speed and space. Come on, get get something schemed up, scheme guys open. And uh, help your QB out and help these running backs out. But right now we're just uh, we're a mess. We're a mess. Well, we can uh, we can move on to Rutgers if you don't have anything else to add here. No, I, I really don't have nothing else to add other than yeah, I really yeah def, definitely they you know because you watch the uh, the Jim Harbaugh post game. And the guy just looks so defeated. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people bring up, you know, 2015, 2016, those seasons kind of took a toll on him emotionally. Uh, and it's uh, it's kind of head-scratching when, you know, he's got no answers in his press conference. He's, you know, referring to or, you know, you know we got to look at the tape. We got to get with the coaches. We got to sit down and we got to re-scheme, retool. We got to see what, what, you know, what's going on, behind you know, in, in the wrinkles. And uh, they, what's killing them right now is the first and second down. You know, they, their offensive line is struggling really, are struggling really bad. Excuse me. Yeah. And you know, we mentioned it. You know, during the Michigan State post game, you know, going into that, you know, they're losing three linemen to injuries, illness, whatever that week. So the run game isn't obviously very, very good at all. And so when you get first, second down, and you know, you just watch the watch the Wisconsin game. Uh, first down, run play, uh, goes for no gain. Then they try to run a, a screen or something to get the ball out of Milton's hands really fast. And then that goes for a huge loss. That's like five, six yards. Then you're looking at like third seven if you're lucky. And that's asking Joe Milton a lot because obviously we're having the dropped balls. We're having players not getting open. And then we have Joe Milton firing missiles everywhere. So hopefully. Uh, with you know the time between this game and this coming up Saturday, they can 
hopefully correct these uh, uh, this uh, this game script. But anyways, yeah, that's it for me on on Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I I'm I think I'm with you there. It's been I guess to defend him a little bit is just like anything he says in that press conference is going to get ripped apart. You know, it uh, yep. that's just that's the way of the media they they want. They want to be able to ask that edgy question that's going to get somebody worked up or, you know, a non-response. And then that the non-response is, is treated like the, the coach is being an asshole. But, I mean, they just – I mean, hell, he just went out there at home on national television, primetime game, and got his ass handed to him 49-11. to 11. What is he going to say? Mm-hmm. Clearly they're not good enough, you know. But uh, let's move on to Rutgers. Uh, let's, let's start here first off. Who do you think starts at QB? Uh, I don't think that's an easy answer. Or there's an easy answer to that. I think that uh, I think that McNamara is going to get the start because again, you're one of three. What do you have left to lose? Uh, it's not a full game. It's not a full season, and this is a non-conference where you can make this up in conference play. Uh, I think McNamara is going to get the start at least the first drive, and. Uh, Hopefully that puts some humble pie into Joe Milne's mouth, but I mean, and it's not like he's not humble, but maybe a wake up call to if anything that's on his end that he's not performing well uh, behind you know the playbook. But I think McMara. Uh, I disagree. I think Milton will get the start here, but I think it'll be extremely short leash, and I think it's going to be one of those. I mean, first off, if if you can get something going and get some plays schemed up, you you mentioned this actually, I believe it was our week two episode where we were talking about Michigan State, but um, unfortunately we haven't had any preseason games. Preseason meaning like out of conference, you know, we didn't get to start with, you know, Eastern Michigan. We've been in Big Ten play since we kicked off. So yeah. uh, sometimes Rutgers, and I understand they've won a couple of games this year, but uh, Rutgers can be that game potentially. And I think Milton gets one more opportunity. Not that I think he deserves it, but I think he'll get it. Um, but ultimately, I think no matter what, I think we'll see Cade. I think he'll he'll find a way to to get himself in there, whether it's um, you know in, in packages or late in the game, or maybe Milton struggles. I think we for sure see Cade, but I, I do think Milton probably starts and at least gets an opportunity to uh, redeem what what was an awful Saturday night game against Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan's going to play their, their fourth. Yeah. Their fourth night game of the year. Um, opening up with Minnesota. And then uh, let's see. They had, gosh, I already forgot the second loss already. Indiana was a night game, right? Yeah. It, it, Michigan state was a noon kickoff. So uh, noon kickoff for Michigan state. Everyone else has been prime time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see here, but that's my initial. Uh, first off, let's, let's pretend Michigan's going to win this game before, before we get your game pick. How do they do it? I think they do it uh, probably. I think they probably do it in a balance uh, because – you look on here on paper and statistic-wise, Rutgers and Michigan are pretty damn close onto just about everything. Yeah. And I think I don't think they're going to rely on anything particularly. I think they're just going to 
uh, try to just do whatever's working, and I think it's going to be a little of a balance. Uh, Rutgers is giving up 175 on the ground, giving up 243 in the air, and that's damn close to what Michigan's doing exactly. Um, and they're giving up 34 points a game. Michigan's got 34 and a half points a game. I think this is a game where uh, Michigan stays balanced. Um, and, and I yeah, I think that's how they're going to do it. The, the crazy thing is, is, if you look at Michigan's uh, offense, this would get it done in the NFL every every week. 260 through the air and 117 rushing, that would get it done, you know, and you're, you're scoring 26 points. But they're allowing 35 points a game, 425 yards a game. Like, if you remember correctly, the, la- the first, like, three or four years under Harbaugh and Don Brown, Don Brown was allowing, like, it was something silly. It was, like, 11 points a game or some shit It like was that. very good. It, it was, was like, unreal. Like, and then, obviously, when we had our our, uh, our more competitive matchups, that you know, a team might score 20 or – but, dude, th- there was a shutout streak in, like, 16, I think it was, or 17. There was, like, a four-game shutout streak where they were – the fourth game, they were literally going for another shutout. But it's like, what have we come to, you know, mm-hmm. that – that we are allowing 425 yards a game. But, uh, you know, Rutgers in their, uh, their their season this year, they've they beat Michigan State, and then they lost to Indiana. But, I mean, scored 21. They lost, mm-hmm. to, they lost to Ohio State, but scored 27. And then, unfortunately, I think they should have won this game, but they lost to Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, 23-20. I think just looking at the mutual opponents – We've played two mutual. They were able to beat Michigan State and lose to Indiana. We were able. We lost it to um, Michigan State and we lost to Indiana. But they were actually. <laughs> they we allowed one extra point. So essentially, mm-hmm. by mutual opponents, Rutgers might beat us. Well, like I said, statistically, this is very even. It's it's yeah. really hard to call this one. Uh, and if, when you're going through the scores, when you when you touched on Ohio State, that that 49 to 27, that is such um, an Ohio State Michigan score yeah. over the last like three years. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So with with that being said, what's your what's your Saturday night prediction? There, Michigan's favored. Um, I think by 10 points in Vegas. I believe it's 10 points. But, uh, uh, think, they're giving a 63.5% ESPN. What's, what's your, what's your initial reaction? What, what do you think? Who wins this game? I think, I think Michigan gets back on the winning track this week. Um, and again, I've, I've kind of been, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've been kind of close in, in my, in my, uh, my thoughts in the last two weeks for, for these guys. I think this is a game that Michigan can to def, can get their hands on. I don't think it's going to be in convincing fashion by no means. But again, I think it's going to be a close game. Rutgers is going to be competitive. Uh, they've obviously looked like they have life, signs of life, compared to the last few years where they're basically just a body bag for every Big Ten team that comes in Piscataway or wherever they travel to. Uh, again, Illinois, I mean, Illinois is not a hot shot, but three points from winning that game. Uh, and uh, obviously they took down Michigan State by 11 points, and we lost them by three. Uh, their quarterback kind of has a turnover issue. Uh, I don't know. I feel like 
this could be could be a one possession game, but I think Michigan can get the can get the dub here. So I, I think they're going to do it running the football, and I think they're going to win too. I, I think it'll also be close. I think Michigan wins by four to seven points somewhere in there. Um, I think both teams probably hit the thirty mark though. I think it might be thirty four thirty. You know, uh, I don't think Rutgers is going to struggle to score on Michigan. I really don't. Unfortunately, I mean it shows here. Uh, we'll see though. I think if Michigan. If Michigan's able to really put it down on the ground 200 yards like they did against Minnesota, they're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they struggle and they, they can't seem to allow anybody to get a groove and they're not going to give anybody carries, then uh, they're going to allow Joe Milton to throw it 40 times, then I, I think we lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I know this, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, I, I mean, so the East Coast this past weekend for the NFL games seemed a lot inclement weather. It yep. looks like this week. Looks like this weekend coming up here in Piscataway, it's going to be 65 and cloudy. Um, so it looks like a warmer weekend, no precipitation as of right now. So, uh, like I said, I feel like in my opinion. You said it's going to be running the ball. I feel like it's more balanced. If it is inclement weather, obviously running the ball will be huge, uh, keeping the ball tight. But, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's that was really I was finished off. I mean, that's that's really what I, I think it's going to come down to is Michigan, in their one win this year, they were able to run the ball. And they haven't shown that they can do it since. So I think that's uh, I mean, it's the only thing that I've, I've – the common denominator that I'm coming up with. Run the football and you can win this game. Uh, you know, they, they, they outrushed Michigan State, but they, it's not like they were dominant. So need a dominant run performance against Rutgers to, uh, to get it done, in my opinion. Uh, moving on, I wanted I want to take a second here, and uh, you know I just you invited me to this Michigan Facebook page a while back, and there's a lot of negativity on there, and, and rightfully so. Right now, it's it's a pretty rough time for Michigan fans, and it, it's really made me think. You know, there's there's people that are throwing different names out, and I, I've thrown my own name out of Joe Brady, and we've talked a little bit about that, but uh, you know, I seen one today, Mark Rick the old uh, Georgia head coach that went to Miami. He didn't work out really, but um, we're not going to assume that Harbaugh is getting fired or leaving. We're, we're kind of done beating that bush for now. Uh, but I want to touch on this. What exactly is a successful season at Michigan in your eyes? Uh, in my eyes, yeah. I, all right. Okay. All right. I I don't want to digress too far, but then you, but depending on who you ask, there'll be two different answers. Yes. In my eyes, a successful season is winning the last game on your regular season schedule, getting to Indianapolis, winning Indianapolis, and going to the college football playoff. And then when you can prove that you can do that, then I take it to another level higher and winning the national championship. Okay. Um, so I, I guess I think there's a lot of people that want what you just said, but I, I feel like that we're not close to getting. Oh, we're not. We're so, definitely yeah, not. So I guess where I, where I look at it is where can we make that next step? And I think the thing that pissed a lot of Michigan fans off this year, and I, I know I can speak for you and I can definitely speak for myself. Um, it's not losing all the time, but 
the Michigan State loss was big. You you can't lose that game. You you can't lose that game. But I'm just gonna go back, and we're gonna go back as far down as uh, 1997. So 1997, Michigan shares a, a Big Ten. Um, I'm sorry, shares a national championship, but they win 12 games. They lose zero. Okay, that was with Lloyd Carr, a, a Hall of Fame college football coach. Um, I think he went like 120-ish and 440. I mean, he was a fabulous record. 72, uh, 73%. Yeah, I mean, he had, a, he had a great record. But um, let me give you his average, like just like some seasons under him. Obviously 12-0, and 0, but since then, since 1997, it's 10-3, and 10-2, 9-3, 8-4, 10-3, 10-3, 9-3, 7-5, 11-2, 9-4. and you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. A lot of people liked Lloyd Carr. Uh, I know towards the end, there were some people that were getting on his case, and they were they were asking for him to be fired or, or mm-hmm. leave, or you're too old, you're out of date, whatever. You're losing to Ohio State. It was like, I mean, he lost. Uh, I think the last time they beat Ohio State was 2002. 2002? 2003. 2003, okay. Yep. So he lost with Henny and Hart in, in Manningham and in and Jake Long, he went 0-4, okay? But then, you know, Rich Ride comes in, and he's a, he's a pretty bad example in this. Um, doesn't ever win eight games. But then Oak comes in, he wins 11, goes 11-2. and two. Um, Pretty good first year. Actually wins his bowl game, too. Uh, and then after that, it's 8-5, and 7-6, and 5-7, and seven, pretty bad. Then Harbaugh comes in, and he goes 10-3, and 10-3, 8-5, and 10-3, 9-4. Everything I just read you. Okay, and even before I'm gonna save you all the heartache, but there's a bunch of ten and twos, ten and threes, lots of eight and fours. I, that's what Michigan is. So yeah. this this right here is a bad season. I'll give you that. Eight the eight and five 2017. That's an overrated season. He was playing with John O'Corn. We know how bad John O'Corn is. I'm gonna defend Harbaugh there, mm-hmm. but it makes me really wonder. Like, is Harbaugh doing a bad job in your eyes? Well, you have to look at it with your expectations and why why did Michigan bring him in? Because they wanted to go to the elite level, right? And we're we're basically, I mean, other other than this year, the ten and three is the old nine and four. You're playing that extra game in a season. So the ten and three, sure, double digit wins look great by first glance. But it's just it's just another nine and four season, and the the some of the fan base is kind of waking up. Some sometimes it's the the overreactors. I'm not an overreactor most of the time, but then you have the people that are with me that been seeing this for a while. Michigan is all time wins leader, all time percentage, blah blah blah. Well, the percentage is kind of back and forth with Notre Dame, but the wins and part of that is obviously we've been around. Excuse me, we've been around the longest. Uh, and we are consistent. Uh, you look at how many, you know, 12 win seasons Ohio State's had in the last like five years. It's like four out of the last five years. They've won 12 games or more. Michigan's yeah. done that like twice since, you know, World War One. Uh, so uh, you bring in Harbaugh because you want to be like Ohio State. You want to get 12 wins a season or more. Uh, and so that's why the expectation doesn't is not meeting reality right now. We're just basically 
other than this year, we're just falling in line where we've always been. And the reason why Lloyd Carr got knocked out is because Jim Trussell got brought in, won a few, two, three in a row. Lloyd Carr is, you know, older than Jim at the time. And so he's kind of running outdated offense. And it's not like it's bad offense, but you are playing Ohio State who's got all these speedsters and you just can't match it. Uh, so Lloyd Carr kind of fills it out, kind of like Mac Brown did at Texas. But I, I don't want to go off the rails too much. But, uh, but yeah, that's my answer is you got to look at your expectations to what, what you're used to. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing is managing expectations. I mean, that goes for everybody in life. Managing expectations is literally the key to life, literally, you know. Um, I just think, I think we're being a little hard on Harbaugh. I really do. And I, not this season. This, I mean, this season's been pretty, uh, pretty fair. But I just, I have a really tough time trying to say let's fire a guy who has done as good as anybody else in this program's history. Really, he has. I mean, uh, obviously the. The 0 and 6 record against Ohio State, 0 and 5, whatever the hell it is at this point. Um, it'll be 0 and 6 after this year if it's not already. But um, the the 1 and 4 in the bowl games. I think he's 2 and 2 and 4 against Michigan State, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those that sucks. You got to be better there. But I don't know. I just uh, I feel like we'd be letting something go that maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. I I'm going back and forth on this because <laughs> something in me something in me tells me that we we've got the guy, but I don't know that we can have. I, I'm not going to sit here and preach that we need Urban Meyer, but there's only there's only three or four coaches that I think can take you to the next level. I don't think there's I don't think there's another coach that's going to come in and just be better than Harbaugh was. I think it's, no. I think it's, I think it's more than that. I really do. It, and it's, it's very, it's a, it's a slippery slope with Jim Harbaugh because we've talked about before off air. Uh, he's, he's such an, a polarizing figure. Yeah. Outside the season, you know, every time he's had a stumble, usually after the house state game, the noise that, that chatter that it's created. Oh, he's, him and Andrew Luck, man, the Indianapolis Colts, man, they need a head coach. They're going to reunite there. My And then you got, you know, all these guys, all oh, my sources, this, my sources are that, my sources, this. And so you have all these people that tear him apart four months a year. And then he is the first name on their list for the next job that's open available. So it's like, do you hate the guy? Do you like the guy? You got to make up your mind. So it's like the guy is almost respected. And he's also just shit on all the time. And Absolutely. I, I partially shit on him because, again, my expectations are we brought you in here, man. We want to go to 12 and 1 or, you know, 13 and 0 like you did with Stanford and Andrew Luck. Okay. Are we, are we doing this dance until we get an Andrew Luck in here or are we just doing this dance and we're just stuck in this rut that we were in with Lloyd Carr and his, at the end of his tenure? But again, Harbaugh is just this. Is almost he's almost like a mythical being, like a Bigfoot. Like you can't you can't prove anything. I don't know. It's just so interesting because again, you know, after the season, obviously it's already picking up steam. Yeah, he's gonna go back to the NFL, and then Joel Klatt thinks he's just gonna be doing a world bus 
you know, yeah. or a United States World Bus Tour, you know, in the off season, or you know, for ESPN, it was like a sideshow gig. But I don't know. It's <laughs> dude, it is just so interesting. Yeah, he just he's honestly, I mean, you said it, polarizing is really the best way to describe it. But I mean, I, the only reason I brought this up today is because I just feel like. Jim Harbaugh never said he was going to bring us a national championship. That never came out of his mouth. He never once said, hire me, I'll bring you a national championship. I'll make you the best program in the, in the country. That never came out of his mouth. That's what Michigan fans assumed he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And you, I guess some people have an issue with his pay. But it's like, here's the thing. If you're a... That's my best analogy. I know I gave a great car analogy last week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do a good one again. But <laughs> if if you work at McDonald's, okay, and you're a great burger chef, all right, you're only gonna make minimum wage. Doesn't matter if you're the best burger chef in the world, okay? You flip burgers, you pull the press down, it makes the burgers. All right. When you go to that next step, and you go to an elite burger joint, Red Robin. Sure, Red Robin. (laughs) No, but, okay, let's use Red Robin. If you're a bad burger chef at Red Robin, you're going to make more than the McDonald's guy did. That's just how the system works because they feel like at Red Robin they need to pay you a little bit more. Michigan has to pay Jim Harbaugh a little bit more. They had to. So to sit here and say, like, they overpaid for him, what what did you want him to make? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Should should he have been named at the time? He's not anymore. But should he have been named the highest paid coach in college football? Probably not. It's probably a bad look. You haven't done anything in college football in, you know, five years or whatever at the time. But I don't know. I just – I finding myself defending hardball more and more, and probably I shouldn't be. I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with no matter what happens. If he gets let go, okay, on to the next guy. But truthfully, I feel like we – uh I don't know that the next guy is going to be anything, honestly. And we, I definitely, I definitely don't want another Rich Rodriguez. Not that I thought Rich Rodriguez was a bad coach, but I didn't want, I don't want to go and win three games next year. I don't want that. And you could argue, well, we're only winning three games this year. I don't know. There's a lot to it. COVID, scheduling, you know, the what he's dealing with on and off the field with with whatever is going on, but. Um, quarterback situation i don't know i don't know i just uh i find myself defending it more and more that's why i brought it up i kind of wanted your take on it but yeah i get, we'll, we'll move on here we'll uh we'll get into the last segment before we we call it a night but uh let's talk some neutral college football uh i didn't even tell you we were gonna talk about this but it just came to me so ohio state indiana this weekend who wins ohio state but I agree. I think I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I could be wrong. I just feel like Indiana got a lot to prove. They got a lot of confidence right now. And uh, I mean, look at 2012. They almost beat Ohio State when they went undefeated and they couldn't play in their bowl game because of the violations or whatever. They took Ohio State down to the wire. I think it's going to be like that this year. I would. I would almost feel like this season's been salvaged if Indiana can upset Ohio State. <laughs> I know that sounds really, like everyone's like, ah, you're just a hater. But, like, you know what, though? The way the whole college landscape is going right now with SEC and ACC having, or in the Big 12 even, 
having the upsets that they have, it would only be just part of the narrative, honestly. I mean, it'd, be, yeah. it'd make headlines for sure, but I, if it happens, it's just kind of the way the season would going. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, last thing, four teams are going to make it in the college football playoffs. At this time, we haven't talked any about the expansion. Um, your, yours probably looks a little bit similar to mine, but for me, it's uh, it's Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. What do you think? I'm exactly right there. Uh, if this past weekend, if Maryland and Ohio State played, and Ohio State would have won, Ohio State stays at two, Notre Dame's at three, Clemson's at four. But with Notre Dame putting on a good, pretty good effort, pretty good ball yeah. game, they jump them. And that's just only because Ohio State didn't play. But that's, I mean, that could be obvious to some. But uh, I think if Ohio State, uh, wins well. They pref- they they look good. Uh, and Notre and depend obviously depends on how, what Notre Dame does. But I mean, Ohio State could could take that two spot back. But uh, my top four is exactly the same. And Clemson again, you can't really hurt them a whole lot because they're playing out with literally their best player. Uh, yeah. Because not of even just so. not even just their best player, the best player in the country. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I uh, at this point. I, I'm uh, I'm almost rooting for a Alabama and Clemson first round matchup, Ohio State Notre Dame first round matchup, and and see what the national title gets from us there. Uh, Speaking of Ohio State Notre Dame, wasn't the isn't the last time they played each other was with Troy Smith and Brady Quinn? No, actually, the last time those two played each other was uh, twenty. What was the okay? So they in sixteen. No timeout. 14, they won the national championship. So I believe it was 15 the year after they, they put a whooping down on Notre Dame in the, like the Fiesta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, it was with Urban for sure. So yeah, they just played them fairly, fairly recently. Matter of fact, uh, is it, is it Jalen Smith? Yeah. Jalen Smith like tore his mm-hmm. knee out in that game or whatever in the bowl. Okay. Game. Okay. But, and, 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 and Notre Dame, they got to go to, uh, they go to Chapel Hill this weekend to play North Carolina and, and, and Mac Brown. We I kind of mentioned his name earlier. He's he's got North Carolina playing pretty well on offense. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a sleep a sleepwalk. So I, and, I and agree. I, and, and that Boston, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you again. But I mean the Boston College game. I know they won forty five thirty one, but that game was was close for a while. So we'll it see was. what happens. It was. Nope, I'm with you there. I think uh, no matter what, Notre Dame and Clemson are, are going to play again in the ACC championship game. Notre yep. Dame's the only time Notre Dame is going to play in a championship game. Yep. And uh, it'll be fun because Trevor should be back. So it, it was trippy uh, watching that Notre Dame. Cause I was, I was out in the yard doing uh, yard work uh, on Saturday night and I had the game on my phone and I'm watching the, the, the Notre Dame on offense or just on the field in general. And I saw the ACC bumper on their helmet. I'm like, dude, that looks so <laughs> weird, but yeah. yeah. It, you know, truly, they probably should be in the Big Ten, but if they want to join the ACC, fine. I mean, I think they should join a conference. That's just me, but it is what it is. So, anything else you wanna you wanna add before we we log off here? No, not that we haven't done done already. I mean, God, the just the yeah. relentless uh, coaching theories is just so ever. Uh, entertaining so from here till next week's episode that we do together if anything else entertaining or hilarious shows up uh i'll I'll be the first to bring it up yeah for sure uh that's yeah we're not gonna sit here on this pod and be like we need (laughs) to fire that's that's not happening 
So, oh, Lord. Uh, and I, I'm also not going to call for another coach's head, but at this point, I guess I'm okay with whatever happens. But I tried to defend Harbaugh a little bit today, and yeah. So, until next time, sir. It's been real. Later, my man. Go, Go blue. Go blue.